This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to episode 24 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Andy. I'm Eddie. I'm Pat. Join us on this very flighty version as we dive into the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. All right, here we are, back and better than ever, I think. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> as, he coughs, as Eddie coughs up a lung. Yeah, no, I've just been really pushing, bur- burning the midnight oil, like we said, dad mode. I've been reorganizing a storage closet, as exotic and exciting as that sounds. That yeah. does sound fun. It's pretty cool. I live a dangerous life. Well, believe it or not, we are uh, not uh, top-tier professional podcasters just yet. We are dads first, yeah. podcast enthusiasts second. So exactly. We do have to clean the garage, clean the closets, do laundry, take our kids yeah. everywhere. Paranormal might be in front of dads, but like in real life, it's, it's well, not. It's pretty much dads, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're dads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dads, then paranormal. But yeah, no, exciting. Um, been having a lot of fun uh, listener and, and fan feedback from our recent episodes, so that's always kind of fun. Always good to hear from the listeners. That gets me I so mean, excited. It does. I mean, you, you hear from people, you have no clue that someone in such and such a location is actually listening to us. And yeah. It's, it's exciting. I saw that we were actually getting hits from Iran Yeah. the other yeah. day, and I yeah. was like, wow. Yeah, we're getting following That's you know, crazy. in different countries. <laughs> and a lot from Texas, which yeah, is kind yeah. of like its own little country as yeah. well. Yeah, we've heard from a number of people in Texas. And hello to everybody down there in Texas. Hook them horns. The stars at <laughs> night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> Sorry. We digress. No. Yeah. But yeah, we are here again. We're in Casa del uh, Place. This time around. Back in my, my casa. Studio uh, Pat. Yeah, checking the place out. Um, uh, we've got a k- few kids floating around here, so if you hear any odd noises, uh, probably not ghosts or anything paranormal going on, just a bunch of kids having a good time. Exactly. If there's crying, it's probably my daughter. She's four. <laughs> she, she's the youngest of the bunch. I remember last time, I believe it was the last recording we did over here at your place, Pat, Right as we were beginning, I got a I got a text or a phone call saying, uh, "Sky just fell down the stairs here at home." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Is it an emergency level? Do I need to come home?" And they're like, "No, she's she's okay. Just a you know a bruise or two and a little shaken up. So as long as she doesn't fall down a flight of stairs today, I think we'll be okay, okay to, to power through and keep going." But we're setting the bar high. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few of them in here, but <laughs> not expecting much. Just don't fall down the stairs, kid. She's got a couple handlers working with her, so hopefully. Uh... We'll be, we'll be good. <laughs> you make her sound like she's a like a bull at a rodeo. She's got a couple handlers. She's, handlers. she's like a balloon in the Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we should officially get into it, boys. Who has uh, recent sightings? Me, me. Betty, you're up next. Here we go. So I've been doing research 
and I don't even put that in air quotes. I, I mean that. <laughs> I've been doing yeah. some research on all sorts of topics for this show. And the fun part about, about that is, and I, I'm, I have a kind of a desk job where I do a lot of drawing at work. And so I have a lot of downtime, not downtime, but time where I'm not being interrupted. And so what I'll do is I'll listen to different things, and whether it be podcasts or music or whatever. And in a lot of cases, I will clue in and tune in to a paranormal YouTube channel and kind of just go down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Some of those rabbit holes are really deep, man. Yes. Yeah, you get out into some weird <laughs> yeah. territory. And you got to be careful. Yeah. You got to be careful because right. a lot of this stuff is compelling and they have cool music and all this stuff. And if you're just not careful, you could get, you know, like maybe this is, you know, maybe there are evil gremlins from Saturn that are stealing my cell phone at night, you know. <laughs> uh, but on the same token, in the exact same token, there is some fun stuff to be either just kind of talked about just for funsies or even maybe considered as like a, huh, that's weird, right? So a couple of those things. Uh, the first one's kind of a quick one. I have a two little two-parter recent sightings uh, here. The first one is a gentleman, and I had the name up, and now I feel terrible for the for my... That's not what I had up. Um, a gentleman in North Carolina had witnessed a UFO over a lake in a park and had done a terrible job filming. <laughs> why, why is it that they always seem like they're having a seizure as they're filming? Right. He's the like camera's all over the place. tripping over himself. And I get it. I think he's zoomed in, and he's trying to like hurry to get closer to it at the same time. Right. And so with this footage, and I, I put that in air quotes because it's hard to keep track of, he is bouncing all over the place, but there is what appears to be a large... Uh, a disc-like, um, kind of an upside-down, bowl-shaped um, object uh, kind of hovering over this lake. And uh, it's very interesting looking. And the, the, the grain, the, the quality of the, fi- of the video isn't the best, which is kind of weird in this day and age now with, with, with cell phones. But the bottom line is, I mean, he is very much, and there's, and there's other witnesses too kind of commenting on it. Like, that's really weird. Like, I didn't really... I haven't seen something like that before. And then you, you clue in, and then there's a, there, um, there's a clap back from, not clap back, but a response from Goodyear Blimp. And they were like, that was us, 100%. That was us. We were at a sports ball game. And the guy kind of came back and said, uh, no, um, I've never seen something like this. This was not, was not a blimp. Could anyone verify that they had the blimp out that night in that area? That's what Goodyear was claiming, yeah. that, that they can basically prove that they had a blimp out over a sports arena in that area. And that opens up a whole new discussion. It's like, okay, does the government have a plan to go to Goodyear and say, hey, it was us. If something happens, it's like, we need you to come out and say this. We know. Well, for you the sa- see, public safety. Bingo. You yeah. know, you slip them a, a cool mill under the table yeah. and say, hey, uh, this was you guys. Don't ask any questions. And you we know, were never here. And we were never here. Or... <laughs> You got to consider the possibility uh, if it was an extraterrestrial craft. Uh, maybe they intentionally were flying around the air that night, knowing that the Goodyear blimp was also flying around and, um, you know, trying right. to blend in or, or confuse people because there's multiple crafts in the air. Same principle applies exactly. in Africa yeah. when you got a thousand wildebeest crossing the river at the same time because only one is going to get picked off by a crocodile. Right. Kinda, you, you blend in, there's safety in numbers kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So. The the gentleman's name was Jason Swing, and it was in uh, over Lake Norman near Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, and uh, 
like I said, it was interesting because I even in the video, as shaky as it is, you can't I didn't make that shape out to be a blimp at first. You know, you can see the bl blimps look like a blimp. They look right. kind of like a cigar. And this didn't really have the other side to it. Like at the top kind of had a curve, but the bottom was kind of flat. Um, I'm not saying it wasn't a blimp, but it's just funny that... Um, it just looks weird. It, look, huh. it looks weird. Yeah. And I think even with blimps... no, And blimp, blimps are able to hover... Correct. I mean, they can just kind of hang out in a spot where they're at, right? They don't have to be moving. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I don't think they, it's, it's not like an aircraft where they have to be moving. Right. But uh, super interesting. And even if it isn't an alien or ship, uh, the this is maybe a little tip to and not just not, not just the listeners, but to us, too. If ever in all of our encounters and, and future expeditions that we do, we need to make dang sure to hold our camera still because this, yeah. <laughs> this guy's shakiness is like next level. But it's easy to say, I guess, when you're nervous and you're you think you're filming something from out of this world, maybe it does make a person a little jittery. Oh, I, I, oh, I agree. I'm being all like, ooh, but oh, man, I'm going to try my best. <laughs> like, yeah. hold my arms, Andy. <laughs> I'm shaky. And what I like to always follow up with, if you're using a phone, hold it sideways, not straight up and down, because that way you can fill the entire screen. Right. For God's sakes, hold it horizontal. <laughs> Drives me hold nuts. Yes. When you because when you when you watch these shows on TVs like home captured footage like that, when it's horizontal, you're right, Pat. It takes up the entire screen. When you yep. hold it vertical, you got these two fuzzy bars on the side. Right. I think a lot of people who hold it. Uh, Sorry, I'm 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 ranting now, but no rant. People who hold it vertical are used to like posting pictures on Facebook and stuff. Right. You yeah, know, you can't use that for anyway. Yeah. Hold it horizontal. I, I felt so bad because just this week, I, w I was at a. It was actually practice for my daughter's high school marching band, and they were practicing performing their show. So I wanted to record the whole show, show her, you know, how they're coming along. And I held it straight up and down. I didn't. No. I got home and realized what I had done, and I like sl slapped myself. It was just, <laughs> Dad, why are you slapping yourself? Because <laughs> I didn't hold so, it horizontal. I, I broke my own rule. <laughs> when in doubt, yeah. turn the phone about. There, there you we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> and do the hokey pokey, hokey pokey, hokey pokey. The hokey pokey. And hokey you turn your phone about. And you slam your phone on the ground. <laughs> you said this was a two-part recent sightings. Part two of recent sightings. Bonus. I know, right? You're welcome. <laughs> uh, square clouds. Square Say what? clouds. So is when that we, like SpongeBob SquarePants? It basically is. So <laughs> yeah. remember, think back. Do you remember when, long ago, when you were a child and you would sit on the lawn or whatever you were and kind of, you know, cloud gaze and look at the shapes? Say, oh, that one's an elephant. Oh, there's a fish. Picture, if you will, a young Andy, a young Eddie, and a young Pat. Laying in the grassy field. Hanging out together, biking, picnicking, and high-fiving. They, they always knew I was going to be weird because instead of seeing uh, elephants and fish, I'd say, oh, look at the look at the alien. <laughs> Ooh, I, I think I see a chupacabra in that formation. I see an alien autopsy. <laughs> uh. And then they send you to a psychologist. <laughs> Andy would do a special school. <laughs> they all wore white coats. Um, but so if you can think back, and even now, if you get bored, look up into the sky. And... Uh, Clouds are cloud-shaped. They are puffy. They are kind of very organic-looking. They have a very, like, not, like Pat, you kind of said, not man-made-looking shape. They look like fluffy clouds. Right. That's the best way to describe it. Like, like cotton just ripped apart at random and wispiness and all this. Mm. Different shapes and all those things. Clouds, 
never, in my experience, as 40, almost 41 years on this planet, have hard 90-degree angles, let alone a complete square. All right. So there is apparently, and this is barring any sort of uh, this, all of these uh, sites and photos, the big disclaimer is these have not been edited. So unless that's a complete lie, and I want to make sure I put that out there, like I'm not just like, well, they said there's square clouds. So I've not seen this personally. I wish and I hope I do. But there's been a rash around the world of square-shaped clouds. And some of the pictures you're showing us are just... Just shocking. Bizarre. And the idea being that they might not be exactly like square. They may be more rectangular, but they have four corners that are 90 degrees, more or less. And they look like little tile, like yeah. pe- like a blanket just floating across the sky. Just but it looks like a peanut butter sandwich up in the sky. Like a peanut butter. <laughs> like, <laughs> like cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> this is a slice of cheese just flying up in the sky. Well, and some of them are huge. Like you can only see like one corner of it almost because it takes mm-hmm. up... It's like half this, you know, a quarter of the sky is blue and then like three fourths of the sky is white and you can see the right angle there yeah. at the corner. It's, yeah. it's, it's odd. Uh, I, I encourage anyone and there's so many different like and I went on and tried to kind of find like a comprehensive place to kind of point people to with this. There's it's all over the place. So there's really I'm looking at a thing called bendedreality.com, but you can pretty much find any Type in square clouds and you can go crazy. And bear in mind, you know, with photo editing software the way it is now, you can do a lot of fun things. But the point is that the claim is that that has not been done to these images. So one of the things that they kept pointing out about these square-shaped clouds, different people commenting in the in the authors of some of these articles, is that could this be evidence of uh, climate control. There's a thing called HARP that people have really clued into, uh, H-A-A-R-P, where it's uh, basically weather experiment uh, manipulation and all that stuff. And I think on one hand, like we already know that does happen on some level. We know cloud seeding happens where people can, they, they dump like, I think it's like silicate sand essentially into the sky and it helps c- create clouds. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't think is like disputed. I don't think it's conspiratorial necessarily either. It's just that's just normal parts of like agriculture, like advanced forms of it. This and uh, this is a lot of the gist that I've seen is that these uh, these people who author these articles are kind of like pointing at, at these ninety degree clouds as examples of um, environmental engineering. I this is where Eddie kind of weighs in on my thoughts. I wonder if this isn't more of a hello from either extraterrestrials or a sign that we're in a matrix. And I don't, and this kind of goes back to an episode that we did a while back, Andy. Yep. uh, Where we had, we didn't have Pat on that one, but, uh, but we discussed the, the theory that we might be living in a simulation. And it's almost like a a glitch in the computer program. Like the, oops, the cloud was supposed to be cloud-like, but it came out as a, as a square. Kind of like you see when you're playing like Microsoft Flight Simulator or something. Exactly. <laughs> You'll actually see like right-angled clouds. And yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. It gets all bitmappy. That, that's not right. Um, or, and this is where I get a little bit like kind of like, you know, conspiratorial, where if there is a architect for the Matrix that we are currently living in... Um, in a video game, if you if anyone out there is a gamer or has been at some point, 
as you play different games, sometimes you'll find a thing that they call Easter eggs, things that they intentionally hide in the game <laughs> to kind of point out, like, right. hey, this is kind of, you know, and the things that usually don't belong in the game. Like, you'll be, like, for example, there's a game I played years ago called Half Life 2. And uh, in the game, there's a garden gnome. And you find the garden gnome, and if you carry the garden gnome with you the entire adventure, <laughs> and there's a time where they launch a spaceship off, and if you put the gnome in the spaceship and it launches off, it gives you an in-game <laughs> achievement. Nice. It's like, good job, you sent the gnome into space. <laughs> and that's my point, is like there's a lot of little hidden things, and some. my thought would be like, if we were in a simulation and the, the, the creator of that simulation was like, I'm going to make a square cloud just to mess with these guys, boom. Just to see who notices it. <laughs> and whoever posts it on YouTube gets a reward, right? Exactly, something, who talks about like it on that. a podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I encourage anyone, if they're interested, there are square-shaped clouds happening worldwide. And like Andy said, some of them are just massive, and they're being seen from planes and from the ground. And in some cases, the ones from the ground, you're just seeing one corner or one edge of this. But, I mean, I can't think of a time. I may have seen what they call, like, the thunderhead. Is that what that is? When they have, like, a like, like a front coming in, and it looks like it's a wall? Yeah, a wall almost cloud, like a wall. But th this is way more defined. I mean, yeah. and I'd like to see a meteorologist try to explain this. You know, they'd probably scoff at it, but... What, I mean, how, how would you explain that? Well, you got a northeast, south, and west wind that just, like, shear the cloud off at, at each side? Right. I mean, how do you explain that? I, 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 like I said, I've gone down a few rabbit holes with this, and uh, literally, here's one of the articles. It was ju July 2nd, so this is fairly recent. Uh, literally, the title of this is Square-Shaped Clouds... Oh, the article is timed out. Square-Shaped... Abnormal clouds are forming around the world, and nobody can explain why. And this is one of those things, and I said this before, and I still stick by this, by this and this is one, of the, one half of the reason why we made this show together, is like there's so many things that happen that are weird, and people just go, oh, that was weird. Anyway, back, yeah. to, my, back to my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I get it, because ultimately, I and you guys have to do the same thing. Like No matter what we saw in the yard today, if we saw a garden gnome get up and scamper across the, 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 the yard... And we swear we saw that. We still have to get up tomorrow and go to work. Yeah. I get it. But on the same token, I don't want to let it go either. The I wanna... world isn't going to stop and, no. and pay attention to something you may or may not have seen. You know? Ex exactly. Um, but I want to uh, talk about unless it. Unless it's like parked right above New York City where right. you got cameras and millions of people. You know, it. it people just kind of... Well, oh, that's interesting, and, and they go on. And even then, those giant black triangles that were over Arizona, I mean, yeah. thousands of people saw that, and we still were like, eh, eh, oh, well. Yeah, Got to go to work. Oh, bills are due. <laughs> and I get it. I'm not knocking the whole, like, day-to-day. -day. We got we to do that, too. But, but when you see square-shaped clouds and nobody can explain it, and we're just cool with just, all right, well, Got to make dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Look it up, people. Uh, there's another one, too, strange, strangesounds.org. Uh, comprehensive article on that as well. But it's uh, very interesting. And the more you dig into those square clouds, the, the weirder it gets. My personal thought is that it might be a symbol that we're, or a signal that we might be living in the Matrix. Well, and it's kind of a lesser-known phenomena. That's why I like it. That's, uh, you know... Uh, week or two ago we talked about Loch Ness you know one of the big heavy hitters among the unknown right. phenomena in the world that one's 
that one's, I bet you a lot of people have never heard of that right? uh, bizarre thing. It, it's just proof we'll never run out of material for this show. Never, <laughs> never. You know, I never thought what I would have come across it. I'm just going, yeah. doing my normal research, and then I see something, and I, once again, I had in my brain, you know, got, got Hillbilly Zeke. What? Yeah, Cloud Squar. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody call the president. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. Uh, look it up. It's it's nuts. Very. And nice. I'll put a we'll put a link in the uh, in the show notes for this to uh, give you get you started kickstarted on some square clouds. All right. <laughs> Thanks for that one, Eddie. It's time for pop culture and the paranormal. So one of the many unknown documentaries, you know, quote unquote, un- documentaries about unknown things Ooh-oh. from the 1970s is a movie called The Mysterious Monsters. And this is kind of the thing that started it all for me as far as the paranormal. Well, yeah, because so, you were all of what, like seven? I was probably like, actually, when this movie came out, I was probably like six years old. Okay. So it, it was a film, um, like I said, it was a shot as a documentary released in theaters Hosted by none other than Peter Graves. Oh. So, Peter Graves, you, you know him from the TV show Mission Impossible. And most people probably know him as uh, Captain Clarence Over from Airplane. Oh, yeah. And Airplane 2. All right. So, he hosted this thing. So, I, I'm, of course. I need Clarence, Clarence. <laughs> Joey, have you ever been to a Turkish prison? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, but the film was uh, directed by Robert Gwinnett. It was the first film uh, from a, um, oh, I, I didn't even know what, what, what the movie company was, but it was a pretty small movie company that put it out. Was it Famous Studios? I think it was studios? related to Paramount, though. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Famous Studios. But um, it was it focused on Bigfoot and the mysteries of Bigfoot, the yeah. Loch Ness Monster, and the Yeti, a.k.a. Abominable Snowman. Yes. Back in, the, back in the day, that's what they always called it. So um, the movie starts off with Peter Graves directly addressing the audience. Just a black background behind him, and he's standing there talking to you, right? That's next level. That's and, like serious. <laughs> like, and he's like, we're, he's, he's talking about the scientists that have studied the evidence and, and how the facts there are about to present are true. Oh, And then... He, then he closes off his little monologue with, this may be the most startling film you ever see. Oh, my. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> their so, special effects budget was really low, so they had right. to overcompensate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, as a six-year-old kid, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so, <laughs> we're all going to die in this theater. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it, it's a movie where they, they, um, they, they address... Bigfoot, and they they show a lie detector test being administered to one witness. They have another witness being placed under hypnosis, and you hear his story talking about it. Oh, wow. Um, you show guys out in the wilderness making plaster casts of Bigfoot footprints, you know. So uh, back in the day, it was pretty, when this was stuff, kind of stuff was all pretty new to people. Right. It was very kind of eye-opening to see this kind of thing going on this serious science research going into these you know mysterious stories that's a good point i remember like even my mind was like the fact they bothered to even take a plaster cast meant it was real right. you know what I yeah mean? yeah like, <laughs> well it adds some legit science to it where right. you know instead of just some guy with a six-pack of 
a brewski's on his porch, you know, in the backwoods of Kentucky. I done seen the hairy beast. He stole yeah. my dog. I got some spare plaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you got actual researchers, you know, doing some whatever they do, e- right. even on the show, you're like, oh, this is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. and, and there's, you know, legitimate scientists talking about the possibility that this stuff could be true. Ooh. So, um, but probably, this is, this is also the first time anyone... Well, I don't know about anyone, but the first time in a major motion picture, you saw the the Patterson Gimlin footage. Yes, that was in this. So, uh, of course, that's the movie. If you've ever seen the the most famous movie, A Bigfoot Walking Through the Forest, uh, it was taken in 1967 in Bluff Creek, California. Um, but but the thing that really stands out to me in this movie are the dramatizations. They did recreations of people's Bigfoot stories. And the one that really kind of jumped at me as a, as a young lad was uh, the dramatization of 11 Boy Scouts out camping. They were in south of Butte, Mont- Montana, in the Deer Lodge National Forest. And you see these kids, you know, sitting around the campfire talk, telling ghost stories or whatever it is they're doing. Then moments later, they're all in their sleeping bags, laying out under the stars, all fast asleep. And here comes Bigfoot walking through oh, no. the campsite, right? And all you can see are like him from like the shins, shins down. Yeah, because right? that's so. a budget. Because <laughs> it's a guy that's five foot six. Exactly. <laughs> that but you see all these kids in their sleeping bags. And back in the day, you know, what did we do? We sleep in our sleeping bags. And, yeah. And, and we get up Saturday morning and watch cartoons. But that's something we could really relate to. You know, we'd still go we'd go out camping with our mom and dad and sleep in the tent right. and stuff. So we could relate to this kind of stuff. Did it did it also strike a nerve because you were in the Boy Scouts, right? Yeah, yeah. So I could... mean this was probably even me pre Boy Scouts. Yeah. Though, but I might have been in the Cub Scouts by then. I probably was actually. But uh so you could relate to these kids. Yeah. And, and, and you see Bigfoot kind of going through some knapsacks and, you know, pulling stuff out of the backpacks. Oh. And, and, and you see one kid awaken and he's like hitting Timmy next to him. He's, hey, wake up, you know. And, and then all of a sudden you hear one kid just scream at oh, the top no. of his lungs. And, and Bigfoot, you know, by, by now they're showing Bigfoot going through the backpacks and he gets these wide eyes and he goes running off into the forest. And then all the kids are up and... And uh, the next day, they he, they tell the story how they went back up to the area they were sleeping in, and they found some large footprints in the mud, you know, and they took casts. Oh, boy. So it's just really uh, dramatic stories. And the other one was a, uh, a story of a, uh, a lady who's, she's just sitting at home watching TV one night, and they didn't really specify where this was, but... She is uh, sitting, Anywhere, USA. Yeah, sitting on the couch, and you see her watching TV. Then, of course, they cut away to outside the house, and you know something uh, is coming down the road. Here comes Bigfoot walking around the house. You see him kind of snooping around, and you're thinking how terrifying that would be if Bigfoot was outside my house right now, right? Right. So she is, is, is sitting there watching TV. They cut back to inside, and there's like a... Uh, a pulled shade behind her and you can kind of see the light from the street lights or whatever shining in through the window all of a sudden you see this large form walk right behind her uh, and obviously it's you know it looks like a bigfoot walking right she, he's up on her front porch walking behind her and she kind of stops like she's get gets a sense that there's something wrong and she goes and she peeks out the window nothing there 
by now Bigfoot had walked around the corner of the house. He's now on an adjacent window next to her. Next thing you know, a hand slams through the glass window oh, right no. next to her. Almost, you know, she's in reach of him. And he's kind of grabbing for her. And she jumps up and starts screaming. And, and, and the next thing you know, no, the man of the house comes running out, <laughs> grabs a gun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and goes to the front door. He opens the front door. And here's Bigfoot standing at the front door. Oh, dude, he didn't run. He was like, what? And they freeze the film. And they don't really say what happens, you know? They, they just kind of leave you wondering what really happened in that story or if the story was true. Then they became <laughs> but, best but, friends. <laughs> <laughs> they skipped through a meadow but, together. But then, exactly. then, then, then they cut away and they say um, later that, that month, there were like 10 sightings in this area, you know. Wow. So they, they, they keep it kind of broad. They right. don't get into the specifics too much. But, but I just remember as a young kid watching this stuff and that hand coming through the window is oh, something that's gosh. always stuck with me at yeah. six it's if you're six scary. years old you're pretty impressionable yeah i bet you didn't go near any windows in your house for a good week after <laughs> oh that. yeah for sure but uh but they also cover loch ness monster um they uh they they went in depth about the film the photograph that everybody knows of of being the Nessie picture yeah. that was taken in 1934 the one that broke your heart. The one that broke my heart when we came to be known. This was, of course, the uh, the, the surgeon's the photo, surgeon's right? photo. Yeah. yeah, and in 1994, it was debunked because one of the people involved in creating this photo on his deathbed said, "Yeah, this was yeah. all the setup. This wasn't a real photo." But they also went in depth. And I, I pun intended there <laughs> about the story of John Cobb, our friend John Cobb, <laughs> and his speedboat crash at Loch Ness back in, uh, it was like in the, uh, I think it was the 50s, 40s, 50s. Yep. Um, and so he, he was driving his speedboat across Loch Ness and hit some current that in the movie, they speculate that it could have been caused by the Loch Ness monster. His boat flipped; he went flipping out of the boat and was killed. So uh, that's kind of an interesting story to watch. Oh, man. Watch him put cop. that together. Um, so, and of course, like I said, they also talk about the uh, the the Yeti and the abominable snowman. I think they show some pictures, and there's a culture uh, up there that um, claims to have like actual hands from the abominable I've snowman. I've read about this. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they kind of cover that. Even so. like a skull cap too. Right. Like, like it's the like scalp. top of his head. Yeah. And, yeah. and they also, yeah, they have some uh, metacarpals, you know, things like that. But, you know, a lot of those are up there in, you know, Tibet, Nepal and right. monasteries and stuff. And a lot of them won't part with the yeah. specimens to be scientifically examined. But, so. yeah. So just just a great film. If you know the the cool thing about it is you can go to uh, archive.org has this. Uh, you can search for it and watch it there. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, but it's called the Mysterious Monsters, um, and I I highly recommend it. They actually made a book adaptation of the movie, which I would love to get my hands on. I went and looked on Amazon for like an old used version of it. It was selling for like a hundred and fifty oh, bucks. Oh wow! What? <laughs> so uh, must be a hard thing to get a hold of. It was like a hundred and sixty page book adaption of the film. But now it's so, available digitally, right? But I I, I don't know. I couldn't oh. find it digitally. I didn't see it digitally, but you can you can find it, you know, just like copies of it. But it was like 
outrageously expensive. Yeah. So those those like out of print style movies tend to drive a high cost. <laughs> yeah. So, so pop culture, oldie but a goodie today, huh? Yeah, you know, I've been meaning to get to this one for a while, so I figured this time we're going to do it up right. We're going to talk about this movie. Was I highly it, recommend you guys watch it. Was it full f- length feature? Yep, two yeah. hour and a yeah, half? It's like hour, hour and a half, two hours, something like that. Nice. So that would be a fun one. Yeah, yeah, we got gonna crank that one out. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Do a bro night and sit down and watch this movie sometime. There you go. You might be able to find it on YouTube, I imagine. Right? It is. It oh, is. Yeah. perfect. Yep. There you go. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> All right. Today for the main mystery, we have uh, an aviary. Is that the right word to say? I'll go with it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. We have a we have a big bird that we're going to talk about. <laughs> you mean the one from Sesame Street? <laughs> la, 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 la. Not the big bird, Eddie. Oh, a big bird. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Thunderbirds. Oh, like the car? Sorry. Which are also pretty groovy. They are pretty cool. I think I can totally picture Pat driving one of those in the 70s or like, or like eight, early 80s. If it was me, I'd want to be in a Trans Am. There you go. It's all about the Trans Am. But what is on the front of a Trans Am? A Firebird. Oh, okay. right. Never mind. Not a Thunderbird. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Some sort of bird. Birds, huge birds. I've always been fascinated with them my whole life. Uh, anytime I uh, see a hawk or an eagle, I get excited. You know, I thinking back to 1989, I believe it was. So I would have been eight years old. I've never told you guys this before. Uh Uh-oh. And I wasn't even planning on bringing it up, but here we go. I saw an unexplained bird, and this is a good kind of lead-in to Thunderbirds, but I saw a bird. We were up in the Tetons. My family was vacationing up in the Tetons in Wyoming, and I was out playing Frisbee with my brother and this this, uh, girl who was in a neighboring kind of condo up there. Sure. And we were playing Frisbee, and here's soaring very close to us, right over our heads. I'd say 15 feet above us, oh. so pretty close to the ground. Mm-hmm. Soaring really slow was a gigantic bird, about the size of a large eagle, it looked like. But I'll never forget it because the underneath of its wings had multiple colors, almost like pastels, pastel green, pastel pink. There was blues. There was all sorts of colors. And I'm thinking to myself, even at that young age, you know, I'm... I'm young enough that I'm curious, but I'm old enough that I'm not gullible. And I, yeah, I, knew, right. I know there's no such thing as rainbow birds, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I even asked my brother, I said, hey, did that look like that bird had like rainbow colored feathers? And he was like, you know, my brother being my brother, he was like, yeah, throw me the Frisbee though, you know? <laughs> and so it wasn't just me, like he saw it too. And I, I've never done any research to know, is there a large form, a large species of birds that has multiple colored feathers on the underside of the wing? Or was the wing a little bit translucent or was it the light? Was it, you know, was it almost like a peacock where it's different that's what colors, I was thinking, depending on where you're looking at it from. I don't think I, peacocks are native to that area. No. <laughs> I, I think they're flightless too, aren't it, they? Yeah. Oh, they, they can fly. Oh, okay. But I don't think they do it a lot. They don't soar. Mm. They can jump up to like a, you know, a roof of a building. Yeah. Kind of like they me. jump down off like a, a deck or something. They could sail down and yeah. be fine. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> like Eddie. So yeah. says the guy who fell off a ladder and shattered his arm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't fly. I kind of, you know, sailed. I'm king ground. of the world. <laughs> Crunch. <laughs> but the actual Thunderbird uh, legend myth uh, kind of stems from a lot of Native American tribes, uh, such as the Sioux, the Arapaho, the Wichita, the Ojibwe. 
Um, it's it's said that these birds, uh, these myth- mythical beasts, are so large that they're the flap of their wings. Uh, causes thunder or sounds like thunder. Uh, a lot of them are said to have been seen before uh, storms come in. Uh, and a lot of the tribes that uh, subscribe to the belief in thunderbirds are uh, tribes along the Midwestern Plains, right here in our neck of the woods, and also up in the Pacific Northwest area. And a lot of thunderbirds uh, are kind of uh, incorporated into or associated with a lot of the totems, uh, totem yeah. poles of the Pacific Northwest as well. Do they tend to be at the top? Is that kind of what I'm thinking, or is that me? You know, that I'm not sure. Okay. You would think so, because mm. they'd be the highest, you know, the highest uh, dwelling creature. That's something that big, certainly. Yeah. So, uh, but these things are said to be huge. There's there's some uh, native tribes who, uh, as the legend goes, that these creatures are large enough to carry off an orca whale oh. with, with their talons. Um, That's a big bird. It's a big bird. Not yellow, but... <laughs> you know. I'm still holding out. Yeah. Do they have teddy bears named Radar? <laughs> <laughs> there's a, There's been a lot of cases of uh, that that, leads, that leads a little bit of credibility, or, or at least will make you curious as to the validity of this topic. Uh, one such case, one of the more famous cases of a possible Thunderbird sighting was in... Uh, it was on July 25th of 1977. There was a 10-year-old boy in uh, Illinois uh, in the kind of along the open fields near the Kickapoo Creek. So that's near Lawndale, uh, Illinois, in Logan County. But there was a 10-year-old boy uh, named Marlon Lowe. And he and a buddy of his were playing uh, out in the yard. And a group of seven adult witnesses saw this event happen. Uh, and all of them ex- described the exact same thing. Two huge... Uh, coal black birds with long, uh, long necks. They had a white ring around their neck, almost you know, like a like a priest, <laughs> like a priest outfit. And they had long, uh, curled or hooked beaks, wingspans of ten feet or more. Mm. So little Marlin, uh, and he was pretty small for his age, even at ten. He was a smaller of, of uh, he and his friend. But two birds swooped out of the sky. One of them, one of the birds, was more aggressive. Actually, got its talons around. Marlin's shirt or his tank top, whatever he was wearing, actually picked him up a few feet off the ground and kept flying. You know, just imagine it, his feet are kind of dangling yeah. and scraping the ground every few feet. He's screaming bloody murder, arms flailing. Mom, you know, mom goes into mom mode, is shouting, yelling at the bird. <laughs> it's not funny if you picture your own kid in no, it. No, yeah. It does remind you of those videos, you know, shoe bear, go away bear. Go away bear. What do you yeah, what do you scream when there's a ten a bird with a ten foot wingspan swoops down? Shoe bird. There's there's YouTube videos of actual eagles trying to fly off with toddlers. Have you seen those recently? No. Yeah, it's legit. It's completely legitimate. There was this kid just chilling in a park and he has like a hoodie on and like he was probably two three toddler age and this eagle just swoops down has him fly starts to fly off with him a two-year-old three-year-old still pretty heavy for an eagle because eagles aren't 10 feet wings wingspans they're not that big but starts to get off the ground a little bit with this kid and people are screaming and throwing things at it and that and the kid was heavier than the eagle had anticipated and drops the baby like from like two feet off the ground. It wasn't like he got up in the air and let the baby go. But it was a crazy scene. Like I'm with you. Like it sounds funny until you see it and you're like it's like, it's like, level. It's like flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz fly off that with Dorothy. Right. You're That's like terrifying. <laughs> but you know that kid, not especially if there's any footage when that kid's in college and there people are uh, you know, sharing cool stories and trying to one up each other, he's like 
Hold my beer. I got one for you. Yeah. I almost got carried <laughs> off by an eagle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but a lot of people saw this. Uh, the bird eventually did drop Marlin, and he was no worse for the wear, you know, minus a couple scrapes on his shoulders. But wow. uh, there was other reports of uh, other people, adults, who claimed to have seen the same large cold black birds in the same area of Illinois the, pri- the day previous to that incident. Huh. So what they were, a lot of people suspect that what they could possibly be is an Andean condor. Uh, and the, the real thing that makes you uh, kind of scratch your head about this is Andean condors do uh, have that kind of white collared, uh, white ring around their neck kind of deal. Okay. Um, they are kind of native to uh, South America. Uh, they're in kind of in the vulture family. Um, they're found in the Andes Mountains, hence their name. But uh, it's the largest flying bird in the world uh, by combined measurement of the weight and wingspan. So the Andean condor has a maximum wingspan of 10 feet, 10 inches. Wow. So imagine if you put this bird horizontal and, you know, from wingtip to wingtip, that'd be from the ground to just above a basketball rim. That's a big bird. That's a big bird. It's the Andean condor? The Andean condor. Do they wear newsboy hats as well? (laughs) If I was a condor, this is the kind of condor I would be. I I actually saw a condor, some kind of a condor, in the wild one time. We were down at the Grand Canyon, and we're walking down this trail, and sitting here just on this big rock is a a condor. And it's like, I couldn't believe how big that thing was. Yeah, they're massive. Huge birds. So, um, now other people suspect, or theorize that the uh, Thunderbird might actually be a living descendant of a bird that really once existed uh, called Argentavis magnificens. What? Yeah, come again? <laughs> uh, so that was among uh, the, the largest flying birds to ever have existed, um, maybe surpassed in wingspan by only one other bird. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Pelagornis sandersi. Uh, so... Let's see. So Argentavis magnificens, as you can tell from the name Argentavis, uh, once upon a time, way back in the day, was kind of native to Argentina and certain parts in, uh, in South America. Uh, it was a, a Teratorn. Um, and let's see, central, northwestern Argentina. And, and you know, the kind of heyday of the Argentavis magnificens was the late Miocene uh, era, and a lot of good uh, fossil samples have been obtained from from that area and that and that time. So check this out. So the Argentavis magnificens had a wingspan of between 16 to 20 feet. What? Wow. So again, flip the bird horizontal, wingtip to wingtip from the ground. You're talking uh, two, basketball, two basketball two basketball hoops Both. stacked on top of each other. <laughs> what? And if you if you just Google this, if you can get the spelling halfway close, Argentavis magnificens. And up will come a famous black and white photo. It's a recreation, almost like a taxidermied version of this thing next to a human being. This thing is gargantuan. I mean, you're talking about a, a bird that is about the size of a small Cessna, you know, private airplane. Um, absolutely massive. So um, some people think it, Argentavis might be a, a descendant from that, um, or you know maybe it is an Argentavis and it, it didn't actually go extinct when people thought it did. But the thing about Argentavis magnificens that 
that is uh, really gives a wow factor is the, the bird was so large and it was so heavy that it couldn't take flight from the ground like normal birds. They'd have to get up high. Yeah, yeah, it was a kind of a cliff-dwelling bird high up in the the cliffs and mountains of Argentina. And it would, you know, jump off the side of the cliffs and it would ride the, uh, what are they called, the the thermal currents. Yep. You know, and it would kind of circle up like a tornado and then it would come back down and... And, um, but you know, if you, if you got a bird that's so big, it can't take flight from the ground, you know, you got a, a huge thing on your hands there. I'm just looking at that picture and, and of the guy standing next to one looks like in a museum or something. It looks like something you'd see in the Guinness book of world records. And this thing is like the size of an airplane. It is. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It kind of reminds and, me of like never ending story. Oh you my know, gosh. Like, <laughs> jump on that thing like Falcor and, and ride it. Yeah. Do they, so they, they're, they're alleging that they may be extinct at this point? Or? Uh, yeah. You know, 99.9% of the scientific community would say that, you know, these birds are extinct. Wow. It's just the, you know, 0.1% of the cryptozoologists, you know, uh, wonder, speculate. But this thing dwarfs a man. I could totally see it picking up a, a kid. Oh, it, it could, it, it might even be able to pick up a small adult. Yeah, yeah it probably could. Something that big. Yeah. Now, now we're now this is we're we're, we're looking at actual like like you said cryptozoological type animals. There's been also some discussion on the Thunderbird might have been an alien spacecraft. Have you heard of this as a thing? <laughs> I have heard. Of this, <laughs> this is an ancient alien guy. You are watching more YouTube videos about <laughs> this. No, you, this Eddie? actually goes into like this is like I I am an avid watcher of the TV show Ancient Aliens, and. I mean, with that being said, they obviously go into like a lot of things they attribute to ancient aliens. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to say I believe 100% like everything that they say is an alien is an alien. There's that meme. I'm not going to say it was aliens, but it was but aliens. It was aliens. <laughs> but there, there is a thought that the Thunderbird, the way it's described, the way that it causes thunder, mm-hmm. and that could sound like a jet engine taking off or landing, and the description of giant wings that are so big that it blocks out part of the sky uh they were getting into that they could have been uh an alien craft misinterpreted as a bird uh and 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 that's all i'm I'm not Mm -hmm. saying it's not but it's just a thought on one of those those discussion topics no it's a good point because five let's say 500 years ago a native american tribe sees one of these things flying and it's so large that it blacks out the sun and it casts this huge shadow and you hear you're hearing like booming thunder yeah you know they would have no reference point if that was a craft like a b2 bomber or, or a stealth fighter as far as they know there's no things in the sky except for birds so they'd have to equate it to something what is it oh it's the thunderbird right, right. i mean we call our planes those things i mean one of your favorite planes of all time isn't that the sr sr 71 blackbird yeah yeah i mean it's called that <laughs> i don't know i just wonder on some level if maybe that isn't misunderstood technology that's a really good point dude. at the time but like you said too there's several cases of gigantic birds being seen in like currently and like people, well, it's not real. Yeah, they're gone. But yeah, whatever. one of the things I'm thinking about is something I know you've talked about on one of your other podcasts, the Daydream Instruction Manual, talking about an old Rankin Bass uh, show where where it, I think it was Rudolph's Shiny New Year. Rudolph's Shiny and, New Year, and it was the kind of the villain in the thing was like condor and he, yep. he stole baby time he flew down picked up baby time and baby flew off. Yet to... looking at this bird i'm kind of it looks just like that thinking, i thinking forget the that. condor's name but it was like eon that was his eon, name. eon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he didn't want to he didn't want 
I think he was trying not to like die. So he, he thought if he stole the New Year's and the New Year wouldn't come. Yeah. And he'd live forever. He had to stop time. And it was so <laughs> funny. But yeah, it looks just like that. And especially, you know, him snatching off with a baby. That's not, that's the, yeah, huge bird. And yeah, I mean, if you think about the scale, he could have flown off with a whale if he wanted to because there was a whale yeah. in there too. Very funny. Well, for those numbers, people, here's a couple numbers for you on uh, Argentavis Magnificent. So if this creature has survived and is the Thunderbird, here's some measurements that it could be. So the Argentavis uh, had a wingspan, like I said, between 16 and 20 feet. Uh, wing area. So if you're going to measure the entire wings combined, you're talking about 87 square feet of wings. That's like an apartment <laughs> in New York. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see, body length, uh, four feet long, height, 4.9 to 6.6 feet tall. Wow. This was a bird that would be able to look an NBA basketball player in the eye yeah. if it was six foot six. Man! <laughs> we uh. did a lot of basketball stats with these birds. We should probably have them play a game <laughs> to see how it goes. Um, so that's the height. Uh, as far as weight of this creature, we're talking 154 to 159 pounds. Wow. So that's a, it's a hefty bird. No wonder it couldn't take off from the ground. Yeah. So, I mean, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> None of us here could. Yeah. We'd have to get so, up in the trees to do that. Yeah. I mean, so th- there you have it. I mean, you know, I want to believe in Thunderbirds. I think uh, compared to some of the other possible crypto creatures out there, uh, the the logical chance of these creatures being real unfortunately i think is pretty slim you know this would be a creature if it's flying around in the air it would be pretty darn easy to see something that large as opposed to if you're talking about bigfoot who can hide in the woods and goes into areas that people can't venture to loch ness is so deep down in the water we can't see it but a bird would be in plain sight you know circling above head so you think if they were around it probably would have been sighted or photographed or videoed by now but then again, maybe not. It is interesting. I mean, size doesn't necessarily dictate being obvious. I mean, I know, like, think back to Victorian times, gorillas were, like, not, they were a myth. Not known. Yeah. yeah, they were, like, a thing that people had seen and heard stories of, but no one had ever actually witnessed them. And so those are gigantic creatures, and yet they managed to elude people for a long time. Um but then again, with birds, it's funny you mentioned this with the with bird talk because when we when we moved to our new home, we we sit back by a, a pretty good forested little patch, uh, kind of like with you, Pat. You live near a, little, a pretty decent sized park with a good forest in it, mm-hmm. and so we weren't used to seeing the amount of different critters that we see now. And you know, you see birds flying around, and your brain gets used to the shape and the maneuvering of a bird. And we saw what I thought was a bird for a second, and it was flying around in a weird way. I'm like, but that's not a bird. What is that? And it took me a second. It was a bat. you know. Mm. And just bats fly differently than birds. So like seeing things like this, you do get, like your brain builds up a little database of things that you know you've seen. So you think that if you'd see a gigantic thing like this, you'd pretty much start to break it down pretty quickly. Like that's not a kite. It's not a plane. It's not a Cessna. I was just <laughs> laughing because when you said bats, bats fly like birds except for drunk. Yeah. 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 They're, they're yeah. a little more erratic, a little more yeah. unpredictable. He was gliding at first, and I was like, oh, it's a bird. And he started doing this weird, like, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, oh, that's not a bird. You know, what's really weird is if you see a crane or a heron, you know, flying at a distance, those are large birds. Yeah. And they do have a wingspan of about six, seven feet. And just the way they kind of tuck their legs behind them and their long beak, it kind of looks like you're, you're looking at a pterosaur or a pterodactyl. Right. 
you know flamingos too watching flamingos. those suckers i mean florida where i'm from uh not that i ever saw like you know a ton but every so often we do boy scout stuff and we get into some of the wilds and you'd see like flamingos doing their little like low low water little kind of like the jurassic park thing you <laughs> see the pterodactyls flying above the water in yeah. jurassic park yeah. opening a jurassic park oh that's what yeah. I picture with a thunderbird. Th- thunderbird. Yeah. I picture like a pterodactyl-style animal with feathers, which I've heard now more and more they're thinking that dinosaurs legit had feathers. Oh, yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, and colorful as well. Yeah. Super colorful. Yeah. Yeah. But, to attract ah, mates. Ah, it's fun to know the, 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 the myth and story. There, there's so much of that behind these animals, too. Yeah. Like the spiritual significance of them and what that means. Well, you imagine a bird as big as a thunderbird or even Argentavis magnificens, like it wouldn't have to flap that much. I mean, once it got up as high as it needed to be, you would think that sucker would just kind of glide, you know, almost like a, uh, you know, just like a hang glider. Yeah. You know, you catch whatever you needed to and just every so often give a little flap. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your altitude up and. And then it lands and looks you right in the eye. (laughs) Steals your toddler. With a beak the size of a baseball bat. Yeah, I think I'll go now. Pushes you down, takes your wallet, and flies away. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) You got thunderbirded. (laughs) Anyway, keep your eyes to the skies, people. You never know what you're going to see up there. It's crazy. Well, thanks for that, Andy. I think this about wraps up this episode of Paranormal Dads. I'd like to thank everybody who has reached out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Thanks to everybody at freesounds.org who provided any sound effects that we used on this episode. Uh, Be sure, if you're interested in having a Paranormal Dad sticker of your very own to put on your Trapper Keeper, your locker, or your laptop, uh, be sure to check out our Twitter page. Um, I will put up a link for uh, our PayPal account. You just click on that, give us a dollar per sticker, and I can throw that in an envelope and send it on to your your home. If you give $2, you get a high five from Eddie and a sticker. I will high five a piece of paper, put it in the envelope, (laughs) and send it off, and you can high five it back. Um, but yeah, we put it some, I try to put a little bit of uh, like our business cards in there and stuff like that too, just for fun. And you know what a lot of people are doing nowadays for our, um, you know, for our hardcore listeners, if you want to send us some suggestions on topics that you would like to hear us do a main mystery on, go ahead. If you want to hear about a lesser known one, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Mothman or, or if you have your own personal favorite, just, just tell us, we'll do a little bit of research if we don't already know much about it. And, and, and we'll probably even give you a shout out. Uh, on our podcast, if it was your idea, if it was your suggestion, so that's a fun way. We uh, we're highly interactive with our with our listeners. So thanks to everybody for subscribing, and I guess that about does it. Heck to the yes. Until next time. <laughs> that's the end. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was. <laughs>
we're talking about poop. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking? <laughs> no, no, he's gonna go first. Then oh yeah, yeah. Bob. I'm gonna go poop first, and then, then you, and then Eddie. I'll go two. Yeah, is that cool? <laughs> I'll go. You, you, you do number two. I'll do number three. Woohoo! Ooh. I don't Ooh. even know what number three would be. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. That's after enchilada night. That's the next level. <laughs> That's after the spicy Doritos. That's when you walk in with a roll of toilet paper under your arm, like this is mine. <laughs> it's gonna be gone. <laughs> okay, here we go. Right. Sorry. Here we go.